Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to uh, the Tuesday special. Tuesday special. Our weekly special. Welcome. It's uh, it's about that time we discuss potentially the biggest movie of all time. Financially oh, yeah. speaking, of course. Yeah, it broke records. It's broken every record. <laughs> Uh, if you guys don't know what movie we're talking about, uh, Detective Pikachu premiered this weekend. And <laughs> uh, welcome to the weekly special. Um, yeah, we're going to talk Avengers Endgame. So we're going to get this out of the way really quickly at the beginning of the podcast. If you have not seen the movie, we recommend not listening to the podcast today. We will not be doing any spoiler-sensitive uh, uh, avoidance of plot lines, holes, Character deaths, all that kind of stuff. We're gonna talk about it. Interesting way to put that. Yeah, of course it was. Um, (laughs) Point is, is don't listen. If you haven't seen the movie, you will have it spoiled for you. We recommend as a collective that you do not go into this movie knowing any information whatsoever about the movie itself. Go in. Oh wait, I'm not on board with that. Why? Because I watched it having the whole plot spoiled for me, and I loved it. Yeah, but you said before, you're you're a different breed of person. If you don't know the podcast. Uh, so if you don't have a podcast, if you don't know anything about the movie, that's the best way to experience now the movie. Now you know. Um, and please, please avoid spoiling the movie for any friends or family that have not seen the film. Um, yeah. Now we're going to spend a considerable amount of time, potentially spoiling three hours, film. talking about. Do so you guys want to do a Avengers quick ramble on spoilers and Endgame. how you guys feel about spoilers? No. Uh, welcome to today's podcast, yeah. everybody. Shane. Paul. Love you three thousand. Oh. No. Wow. Gabby. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> Gabby's already in tears. <laughs> I'm already Gabby. crying. What's up, man? And myself, Ortega. So we're going to talk about Endgame today. Um, we have all seen it. Some of us have seen it several times. Uh, it's been a pretty... Just you. ...heavy weekend. Yeah, you've, Has nobody else the, seen it? You're the only one who's seen it. I'm probably going to get on Tuesday I when, just yeah, saw when it this comes today. out. Yeah, I'm probably watching this. Tuesday or Wednesday. You've seen it multiple times. Yeah. Uh, what do we think? You're the winner, man. What's, winner, what do we winner, think? chicken dinner. What's there to think, man? I, what are your I, What are your immediate thoughts right now when you think of Endgame? Okay. How do you feel? So, because I want to, without reviewing the movie, I just want to know what it's left inside of you. Um, I sweat profusely during the movie. Okay. We got hot. We got pretty hot in that theater. I wanted to sit beside that nerdy kid again from the last Avengers movie, who was basically jizzing in his pants. I instead got Kyle beside me, who was that guy times ten. I've never seen a grown man he just whimper so much. Kyle? Kyle just like clapping <laughs> 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 his hands and cheering and like screaming. And it was great. Like I it was infectious, that type of energy. Um I mean I told you my recency bias is gonna say no matter what, it's the best movie, but I think objectively you can say it is this like it's if you think um winter soldier is the best movie this is right there beside it like it's it can go either way between the two for me still i think it's it's carved out its own spot and it was deep and emotional i cried i laughed i cheered i sweat i had a personal laugh track of gabby sitting three seats beside me and which is always amazing it's the best way to experience is some of the best (laughs) things to do during a movie because even when the jokes are like a six out of ten, Gabby's laugh gives it like a three point buff. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so why, that's why Shazam was so much better watching it the second yeah, time with, with Gabby, Gabby when yeah. he was like, <laughs> just like the entire movie just laughing in the background. It's good, man. Yeah, dude, I can great. understand why you like Paul Blart Mall Cop if you were laughing. <laughs> like, it makes sense. It's a fucking great movie. That's why. So I'm how like. do you feel? How do you feel right now? Fulfilled. Okay. I feel Fulf- fulfilled. Does it feel fulfilled like- and empty? Okay. We'll talk about that more after when we talk about some of the more spoilery. Parts of the movie. Yeah. Paul, how do you feel? Thinking about Endgame, if it just if you think about it right now, what does it leave you with? Uh I feel really good about Endgame. Endgame was great. Um I think recency bias is definitely a factor. There's a lot of that going around where a lot of people feel like this is the best ever and Disney thanks you for that impression because after, you know, a twenty two series twenty two movie series culmination, like they would want you to feel like the best they this saved the, the best, best for last. Yeah. Um but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. Um, I thought they paid off on a lot of long arcing storylines. Uh, character work was great. Um, you know, one of the things is I'm seeing a lot of reviews have come out and talked about the early parts of the movie dragging on. Um, 
I simply don't see that. They're per, they're like the first 20 minutes of that film involve like what seems like the potential death of a major character. Um, the Avengers killing Thanos, like intergalactic travel conflict and like people shouting at each other. Like it's a lot happens a lot in that happens. first 20 minutes. So if that yeah. drags on, it begs the question like, why are you watching this? If that, if like that kind of character development feels like a drag, how did you enjoy any of these movies? Like if you don't yeah. have the value in seeing these characters go through that, yeah, I, um, that. I thought it was really well paced because three hours long for you to always feel like something is happening. It's hard. It's really tough. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the pacing, it, it doesn't feel like a three hour movie. I thought they did a great job getting the I biggest mean, characters, big scenes doesn't. and the smallest characters, big scenes. Yeah. Um, I think, I think uh, Clint Barton's like story arc through that entire movie. I think that this is some of his best stuff, and it happens in the biggest movie, a movie that you'd arguably think like the fate of the universe is on the line. This is arguably for people who believe that Hawkeye has no business being in the Avengers. This probably is the like this probably is the event that you'd see like yeah what the fuck's he gonna do with his arrows and he does shit. Yeah, yeah, no, it's Bullshit. true. He does shit. He does it's, shit. An, it's an excellent movie. Cool. Yeah. The, the, Gabby, how yeah. do you feel? Great. We're going to talk about the movie. I just want to see initial yeah. just no, no, like yeah. feelings. Sorry. I, I feel, have to hold myself back. I feel great, man. That movie was... Do you feel sad? Do you feel happy? I, fulfilled? I feel... I feel... I felt sad, for sure. I was definitely crying okay. multiple times. Yeah. Like, near the end. I, I was 100%. There's a couple times even in early on in the movie it was very And I caught like Nigel like under his glasses like take his hands and just like wipe <laughs> it under his eyes. I was like I'm crying too man. How know? many times did you guys cry? I cried twice. Three or four times I think. Three or four I times. I cried once. I got really emotional twice and then when I saw Nigel letting him go and I could see Kyle was starting to let him go. I was, I was like, like I'm letting him go. Yeah. <laughs> just let them go. Just like whimpering with biting my lip and I think I did I think I, I was more emotional the second time watching it. Because the first time you're there yeah. and you're you're experiencing it and you're just like what am I watching? Yeah. And then that second time when you know certain things are gonna happen to characters, there's Dude, moments I, even so earlier in the movie. I was even getting emotional so knowing what was gonna what happen I, didn't ruin the movie for you? Sorry? So knowing what was gonna happen didn't ruin the whole movie for you? Oh, let's get away from this. You're <laughs> gonna talk that. about your spoiler theory. Go back to Gabby. I, I was getting emotional even after the movie, just reading about stuff. I was like, yeah, you know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that movie was really, 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 really good. Yeah. And I'm really happy. It was just like a big thank you yeah. to fans, you know. So I, it's a it's a lot of feel good. Yeah. And with a, like a sad, but, undertone. But like happy, sad type thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think it solidifies. It's I think the biggest feeling uh, for me is probably somewhere between sad and and like just genuinely excited that they were able to pull this off after eleven years. Yeah, because this is what they've been building to, right? This is the culmination of of all of Marvel's work over the course of the last decade, and it's kind of amazing to see where it all started and where it's all come. And even going back and watching some movies from earlier um, in the MCU timeline this week watching like soldiers Civil war and iron man 2 we went back and watched iron man 2 um the way that they fit the overall narrative of the 22 movie arc i think is it, it adds value to each one of those independent movies even thor dark world after seeing some of the parts yeah. of this movie mm-hmm. going back and watching thor dark world and just finding the character the movie still may not be great but there's important character character interactions that show where they've developed over the course of the last 10 years so i think that that's really important to see um, but yeah, I mean, sad. It's hard not to feel sad about certain things, but for sure, man. Um, but I mean, overall, I think it was well executed. I think uh, to Paul's point, the pace was really good. Watching the movie is just it is emotionally taxing at some points, where you're just like, man, this is like this is a lot. But then it's just genuinely exciting. There's so many set pieces that are just so like brilliantly done, and you see so many characters on screen at one point in this movie. It's just it's mm-hmm. it's incredible what mm-hmm. they were able to accomplish with how much. Um, with how much they've put into these characters over the course of the last decade. So, yes, I think unanimously we all very much enjoyed it. Um, the recency bias thing, um, you know, I think this is probably how people have felt when they watched, you know, um, like the, a saga end yeah. um, rather than like trilogy endings because I think that even the trilogies that have ended within the MCU uh, so far, none of them have had quite had this level of like finality to it. 
um, this actually feels like it's like you put a stamp on the last little bit of time. Whereas even the Captain America trilogy, which I think is brilliant, it doesn't quite feel complete at the end of Civil War. It just feels like there's still more to come. It feels like there's more for mm-hmm. that character that they're going to develop in a further Avengers movie, which obviously for we saw. Sure. I think part of that comes from the notion that like those character trilogies aren't are only trilogies to the fan base, right? Like right. ultimately, those films are part of this larger scope of things. Yeah. So the Iron Man trilogy is not complete by you watching Iron Man 1, 2, or 3. Same thing with Thor, because there's a whole swath of movies in between that like if you watch if like for example if you watch winter soldier right after like watching captain like captain america you don't know what the fuck's going on yeah it's like, true those so i think like none of these movies have any finality to them don't be mistaken for uh that this isn't a tony stark movie because this is very much like this 11 years of marvel movies are tony stark's story and i think that there are moments in there, obviously, like individual movies and stuff like that that don't completely play into the narrative that, that his story tells. But you, this movie is a Tony Stark movie through and through, I think. There's elements of it being Captain America movie stuff uh, and obviously other characters have major roles like Hawkeye and Ant-Man and some of their, their emotional payoff. But Tony Stark is very clearly the, the, the glue the that keeps stone. this universe together yeah. and has been the anchor for this universe for the last 11 years. And this movie really drives his character development and and just fun, just basically finishes all the plot lines that Tony's ever had um which obviously culminates once he dies at the end of the movie um but yeah I think that that's probably the most exciting part is that while you're sad for that death at least for me it didn't feel like it happened it was untimely and he even says it in the end of his uh, end of the end of the uh of the movie he talks about untimely death but it sounds like it's kind of the hero's path that he knew this is where he would probably end up once yeah. this was all said and done um so it's really really it was it was like gratifying but also sad to see because obviously you don't want to see somebody that's done as well as he has with the character um you don't want to see robert downey step away from the role because he is iron man i mean he's 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 basically redefined his entire career by this one role and to see it pay off in that manner is just absolutely incredible so robert downey is he's he's amazing he's a legend really good like really good about it to be honest i was like he's my favorite character. Those are my favorite movies, and I certainly feel a lot less motivated to like watch rest of the Marvel movies knowing that he's not there. But like, I really wanted this for that character. Yeah, because it's ultimately it was hard for me. I know a lot of people were really sad when they found they found out about like him taking that ultimate sacrifice at the end and him dying there. But like, it's kind of his moment of glory. Yeah, like he solves everything there. Like it's this constant arc of when you when you look at like. For all of his movies and every time he's involved, like the biggest thing is like he's the man with the plan. He's the guy who can get things done. And in that second, in that moment, like he even gets the foreshadowing from Doctor Strange. Like if I tell you it may not happen, he knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Like he just saw Captain Marvel, who like Marvel is really big on you thinking she's awesome. Like he just saw Captain Marvel get beat up. He flies in and he's like, OK, the last time this guy, like the last time I matched up with this guy, he straight up put hands on me. Like, crushed him, but in that moment he goes and he takes the like he goes and he takes the shot. He's like, okay, I have one last shot. He goes for it. Oh, switcheroo! Yeah, yeah, so good. He, yeah, like, well God, I don't even want to say anything. I'm thinking about it. It's so sad for me. I I was like, it's sad that I'm not gonna see more Iron Man movies. It's sad that I'm not gonna see Robert Downey Jr. and more like in the role as Tony Stark. Yeah, but this is the best thing that they could have like could have wrapped it up with this character. Like, yeah. it was in such an incredible arc. Yeah, and I think that it, it gets really, like, it hammer, it gets hammered home also by having Spider-Man come back at that point in the movie. Like, my favorite scene in this movie is when Spider-Man first just swings in and is just like, Mr. Stark, like, yeah, oh my God, where yeah. have we been kind of thing? And we woke up on the planet. Do you remember when we were in space? And he just gives him this look of, like, just that accomplishment. Like, yeah. everything that I did to, uh, to, to rectify everything, the time travel, risking everything was to get, like, not directly, but was to get him, him back. back. It's and a then factor. That's, yeah, yeah. it was the, the biggest first... factor. You think about when he's looking at the photo and think about like the personal accountability he felt for bringing him to space and 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 not being able to get him back in that moment, and even having it be the last like fading at the end of Infinity War. It's meant to have a substantial impact on Tony Stark, obviously, and 
Meta- I mean, metaphorically for the Marvel universe, Spider-Man is their biggest character. So it is almost almost like a passing of the baton to Spider-Man to carry on what he's been able to carry over this 11-year period. It's different, obviously, because the anchor of Iron Man is different. He's able to underlie a lot of different storylines, but he's, Spider-Man is their biggest character. He will always be their biggest character. You're talking about so. Marvel? Marvel, yeah. yeah. Spider-Man is their biggest guy. I, I argue now after this 11 years that Iron Man is right up there with he's them. Like he's top 5. Right there. But Spider-Man is their pivotal. Like that's who yeah. that's who everybody is able to recognize and yeah. uh, that moment of them just embracing and Tony borderline crying, giving him a hug and Spider-Man responds by saying, "Oh, this is nice." When he touches <laughs> just so when he touches back down on Earth, the f- it's the first thing he says. Yeah, it's the first thing. He's been in space twenty like well, yeah. twenty one days. Yeah, he's dying. Yeah, like he comes down and he's emaciated. His body is all skinny. He looks like and he says, Hugh I Hefner. lost the kid or something. Yeah, like that, the first or... thing he says to Cap, who by the way he's not cool with. Yeah, like. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Like, the only reason this happened is because of your whole, like, selfish, like, Civil War shit. Yeah. Where, like, the whole thing was, like, I want Bucky to be free. And he ends up getting imprisoned in Wakanda. Like, yeah. the whole arc of Civil War, he has nothing but spite for this guy. Yeah. And the first thing, like, it's so on his mind that, like, it's the only thing he can say is that I fucked up. Yeah. To a person that he, you really should not feel comfortable saying I fucked up to and being vulnerable with. And I love that sequence when they're back in the Avengers facility where he, he it, again, it ties back to the stuff that was set out in Age of Ultron and some of the previous Iron Man movies where he's basically talking about how important it is that they would have set up this armor around the globe and how it wasn't successful, but they needed it. And then I love that line where he talks about you, you said that we would fall together and you didn't, like you didn't keep up your end of the bargain even there. So like... I can't imagine how Tony felt. You feel for him at the end of Civil War knowing that Bucky kills his parents, but yeah. like the betrayal he feels for Captain America to, to yeah, to have to side with him and try to be able to resolve all this, it really shows you the stakes of the entire situation. Not that it's not clear, but like that's such a big part of it. Like that conflict in the Avengers facility in the first twenty minutes is just so like it's powerful. Yeah. yeah. And he falls, he rips all of his equipment off, he hands yeah, literally his hands heart. his heart to yeah. him. Well it's not you do it. anymore. That's just well, the yeah. No, I know, but like it's it's symbolic of that. Yeah. Like that's what that that's what the, the yeah. arc reactor is always represented for Iron Man, right? So handing it to him and telling him for him to go and do it, um, and then just collapsing into himself, and that's the last time we see Tony Stark before the five year jump in the movie, which also huge thing. Like, yeah. Didn't see it coming. And even the way that they show it on the screen, like, they stagger it so that you're you're thrown off. Five years, I think, is going to be, like, the big, like, that's going to be one of the things I'm probably going to bring up with you guys a little bit later is, like, how much that five years plays a part in, like, what the next couple of films look like. Because now that means that there's this, it's the year 2023 in Mm -hmm. the Marvel films. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Um, The one thing that stuck out to me was, like, there were times, like, I think part of... The way the Russo brothers wrote that scene, though, is they're also trying to write out that, like, Tony Stark is, like, probably not in his, like, not in his best mind at that time. Because yeah. you see, it's like, it's vitriol. He's, like, he sh- he's shouting. He's insulting. He calls him a liar. He, at one point, makes the argument that, like, you were so worried about your freedoms. And it's just, like, eh, maybe not the best time for, like a, like, a billionaire playboy philanthropist to be talking about people giving up their freedoms, especially if you work in tech. Um... But otherwise, like, it was a really powerful scene. But at the end of the day, like, he he felt like he failed. So I, you understand. Yeah. Like, you, you get that. And obviously Captain America, I mean, he's always been the more composed character, I'd say, of the two. Like, Tony's had those moments of losing it. Has he? Even, he? Yeah. You see it even in the airport scene when, and in Civil there, War where he's just not listening to him. about him colossally losing his, like... Losing we his, don't count America? Yeah. Like, his entire arc with, with the Russo brothers has all been about, like, this guy has no composure, and he's willing to he's willing to ruin the Avengers, um, potentially ruin S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, he's willing to throw... Like, if Bucky's involved, he's willing to throw everything out the fucking but window. in the same vein, like, you've got Tony Stark, who has a movie dedicated almost to his... Almost solely to his alcoholism and the fact that he's not able to, like, properly deal with who he is as a person in this condition uh, that he's going through. I don't through. think you'd say it's a whole movie. It may be it's a, a pretty it's significant a portion of, of that Iron movie. Man 3? Yeah, in Iron Man 3. Like, it's an under, or, uh, Iron Man sure. 2. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But also, like, his frantic obsession with building suits and his inability yeah. to be able to keep things stable with Pepper. Like, his character is shown to be deeply flawed, but never quite, like in Endgame where it just kind of all unravels. And you understand why it happens is that he had the chance to stop Thanos and Thanos achieves exactly what he said he was going to do. And I think that there's always that moment of that personal responsibility for him because of the vision that he had in the original Avengers movie, which again, he alludes to when he's back in the facility. He's like, I dreamed about this. Was it in the original or was it in Age of Ultron? 
It might have been Age of Ultron, actually. Yeah, it was Scarlet Witch when she shows them the yeah. uh, the the vision. Was, yeah, yeah. But he he alludes to that in the Avengers facility too. He's like, I thought it was just a dream, but it actually I saw all of us, and and that's exactly what happened. So. Um, I don't know. It's just such a big payoff moment for him. Like I, I love the character of Tony Stark. Me I think too, that man. these movies have done so much to develop Iron Man as just like a personality. And man, there's a lot of fucking payoff in this movie. Like there's just so much of it. You just feel for him so much. Yeah. I just want to step in as a Cap fan. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is all his fault. Uh, okay. Okay. I don't think so. Anyways, uh, I loved the representation of Captain America in this movie. I thought he was amazing. I thought. They did an amazing fan service, more so than any other relation to anybody besides Thor, who I'm also a huge fan of. Um, I thought it was amazing the way that they went back and did the Winter Soldier scene, which last podcast I think I discussed how that was my favorite scene, the elevator scene. And they crack a Hail Hydra joke in there. I think (laughs) it's it's fucking phenomenal the way that they handled that because everyone's sitting because they know how the scene turns out and the original, yet they still manage to keep it fresh and, and organic and keep the crowd guessing and then what happens after that cap fights cap which i think was fantastic he kicks america's ass yeah well that is america's (laughs) ass so like that's another great thing is like they identify the whole meme i guess is that what the kids call it these days it's no longer viral everything's a meme everything is a joke whatever it is yes memes um they identify the whole meme of captain america's ass and how it looks in the first suit and they identify that and address it in the movie and turn it into a joke to use it to their leverage which I think is an amazing, super smart way. Again, I look through the lens of comedy at a lot of things, and I think this movie, we talked a lot about emotional payoff and action, but this movie comedically as well hits every note that it needs to hit. It doesn't run dry. It doesn't pull punches and and think this moment is too serious for a joke. Even in a serious moment when it lands a joke, the joke lands. It's not lost because you're, you're too lost in your emotions. It still manages to pull you out of that to bring you up enough that it hits you with your next emotional dagger to bring you right back down, which I think is a fantastic use throughout the film. I think people found it frustrating that Thor had his overweight throughout the whole movie. <laughs> I've seen a wide spectrum of like I find a lot of people I think it's it. an incredible it's it, it's an incredible show of body positivity. I don't think it could be that given how how often characters insult him based on his shape. I don't yeah, I am not for the body if, positivity. I don't know if that's thing. a thing about it being body positive. I don't think it's I don't think it was meant to be. I think it was also comedic value. I think I think it was hilarious. I think it was fantastic. Yeah. I think it gives a whole other side of the spectrum of people who can now cosplay as Thor, and I think is huge. Talking talk, talk trash on PlayStation playing Fortnite. Fortnite is so good. Which, I mean, is kind of like a, I thought that would be a jump the shark moment for me, where I was like, oh, this kind of jumped the shark, but somehow they reel it back and still hit it, uh, which is great. <laughs> I love the reference to the big Lebowski in this. Yeah. If you guys know me, you know I'm a huge Lebowski There's fan. There's a bunch of references. <laughs> on side Lebowski. Yeah, exactly. It's it, I think... They reference Back to the Future as well. Yeah, like it's it's <laughs> comedically for me, this movie was amazing. Like, oh I think it, it walked the line pretty well. Paul well. Rudd deserves a lot of credit. For yeah, that. Paul, Paul Rudd was Rudd also was, fucking uh, amazing. Well, in this and, movie. I, and I love the fact that he's like, always amazing. Even even though he's now been a part of, I guess, four MCU movies. Well, yeah, yeah. before this would be his fourth one, two, and Civil War, Winter Soldier. No, Civil War. He was. Oh, Civil War. Sorry. Yeah. So Winter Soldier. Sorry. Yeah. Civil War. This. Two Batman movies and then this fourth. He he doesn't fit like he doesn't just doesn't fit the Avengers so like oh no he's consist- I, would di- I would disagree I no think- I, I mean he doesn't fit in that like like everything is absurd to him like there's so many moments yeah, where it's just he, like if you go to space he's like I want to go to space like there's just there's that there's that element of innocence that like yeah, he's, yeah. he's much- still very small he's small small scale like you yeah. got Spider Man that small scale Ant Man's like I can't believe I'm here he's like, the straight man in all this and they all make fun of him still and, but I but I love that element of like of of of, of Ant Man is that like he's the key to solving all of this which yeah. is why he's not present during Infinity War but then when he's finally there they're just finding so many different reasons to like. <laughs> To just be able to enable him to be a part of the story and almost reflect the the viewer to a certain extent, and like that whole part where they're trying to explain the time travel uh, logic of this movie. To Iron Man. Uh, they try, the no, they try like, to convince Tony that like, hey, so here's what we need to do, and here are the rules of time travel. And then Tony's like, hold up. Not that part when they're when they're uh, first doing the test trials. Like with with Hulk. No. So when he's when they're in the suit the first time, and Clint goes back to oh, travel. Okay. Gotcha. And Ant Man's just standing there, and he's just like. 
wait a second. And I he's just ringing like, off. He's ringing off movies, and then he eventually says Die Hard, and you're like, wait, no, there's no time for. Yeah, like yeah. there's just so much yeah. relatability in who he is as a character. So yeah, and yeah. then yeah, he's just like, so Back to the Future is bullshit. Like there's just so many good moments like that where he's just wholesome, and you can tell he's there because he has a purpose, but like. Every so often, he would be the guy that you'd look at in the room and be like, why, why are you here again? Yeah. Like, what is your purpose it's, here? It's almost like having, like, I kind of wish Seth Rogen was somewhere in the Marvel Universe. Like, I feel like you could kind of get that payoff out of him just being a bumbling idiot in the I don't the background. think he's a smart enough comedian. I like, I like Seth Rogen, but I think oh. the thing about Paul Rudd is Paul Man. Rudd. Paul Rudd is able to just kind of... Well, the thing with Seth Rogen is he's always bumbling through, and, like, while he... Well, while Ant-Man doesn't always seem to be like he belongs, he's just like the straight man in the entire situation. He'll like it seems like he's plausible as a character in there. Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen's everywhere, and like in every situation, Seth Rogen is kind of like the odd one out with like his froggy voice. And I like him, but it's just he's always kind of bumbling through things. And Ant-Man, I think, is a, like a little. More I wouldn't want down. Seth Rogen as Ant-Man. I just want to say that. I think. Oh, no. Shout out to that rat Zula MVP. Yo, Seth Rats, what up? Savior. I bet you that rat is going to be tied to another movie as one of the, like, transmorpher, whatever. Like, the cat is, is an alien in Captain Marvel. That I don't know rat about that. Is, I bet you I New so, York City... Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm going deep here. I'm <laughs> I'm telling I bet you, you that be... New York City rats are so pissed off right now. They're just Francisco. like, what the fuck? I was in San Francisco. Yeah, I bet you New York City rats are pissed off. They're like, what do you mean? Why are you going to use an SF rat to do this situation? <laughs> do you not know us? We have pizza rat. Yeah, pizza We're the rat. world's most iconic rats, and you're going to use a San Francisco rat? Those rats don't know shit. Those rats don't even go through winter. Okay. Uh, so when you, get to, when you get to talking about supporting cast here as well, uh, great comedic, comedic relief. Ex- excellent segue. From Hulk uh, as well. Like ha- get, yeah. Dude, the fucking dab scene. Hulk, yeah. Hulk dab? Professor Banner. Professor Hulk. Or Professor Hulk, So sorry. good. It's great. Dude, how do you not jump the shark with those jokes that they're making? And I keep saying jump the shark, and if people out there don't like know what jump... Yeah, but like if you don't know what the origin of jump the shark is, it's a reference to Happy Days, which was a super popular show. And Arthur Fonzarelli was considered the coolest guy in television. He wore a leather jacket and gave two thumbs up, and he was amazing. And then in a scene, he jumps a shark tank, like a pool with sharks in it, on a motorcycle. And that was tied to the decline of Happy Days, and Happy Days fell off. And so... It's been used as a term in entertainment history to say when something thinks that it's so cool, it's not cool anymore and it starts to suck. So I feel like a lot of those jokes could not have landed and people would have been like, this is so dumb. Kind of like the Black Panther, what are those jokes? I, do you, if you remember that, do you remember that Don't joke? Don't say anything bad about Black Panther. But do you remember that joke in Black Panther? Yeah, when he's got the sandals on. Yeah. The yeah. Like that to me is a jump the shark joke where it's like, oh, I'm kind of disconnected from this now. Like... Black you're, Panther you're is trying flawless. To be too, you're trying to be too relevant. Uh, I think this was able to do it in a way where it was kind of like dumbly played, where he just did not know what a dab was, and he tried to be cool. And then you have Ant-Man. It was, like sh- a da- it was like almost like a dad Yeah, joke. exactly. You have Ant-Man who wants... You kids want a picture with me? I'm Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, again, Paul Rudd comes in and just like... And that kid's shaking his head. Yeah, no, like, no, He's no. literally shaking his head right yeah. now, saying, no, yeah. he doesn't want to take it. Yeah. What I find, what really took the... the, 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 like the, the believability out of this movie is the fact that Korg was playing Fortnite five years in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And well, the game developers Hulk are dead. Out. Well, they're partners. I know. I'm just, I'm kidding. And obviously that's not a, a, a suspension. We're talking about a movie that has aliens and walking raccoons. Like the, the point where I'm like, <laughs> I draw the line at Fortnite being relevant in five years from now is not, it's not a serious thing. I, I, I just liked seeing funny. that there was a bunch of Asgardians alive. I figured they were all fucking dead. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think when you see them last that's uh, in Ragnarok, or I guess at the beginning of Infinity you, you War, see, you assume that the fleet's gone. Yeah, like whoever one hundred percent. That's what I thought. Yeah, so it's it was interesting to see Valkyrie back. Loved seeing Valkyrie. I love Valkyrie. Loved the scene where Spider Man's holding the gauntlet uh, at the end. And, yeah, and the oh, women, through, the women of yeah. the MCU all come, come forward. Out, yeah. Okay, so that's a force. I'm glad that that happened. I'm really glad that that happened. But if you want to talk about believability, how did that happen? Like how like how did all of them go through and just like oh yeah somehow all the girls were off to this side fighting and like they're all gonna converge here and not like a single male character was there that just seemed pandering. I mean Spider Man was there. Yeah, come on yeah. man. I they, also, all, they all converged on Spider Man. Come on man. I also want to tell a cinema story about that if I can if I could take you guys back to our screening. Spider Man comes on the scene. Everyone comes through the portals. Everyone in the theater's going nuts. Captain Marvel comes down. Only the women scream and maybe like three or four guys. Dude, I, I, then, I look at Ortega. I forgot he was shooting I, the movie. I look at Ortega and I'm like, I forgot she was in the movie. 
But that's because the thing. She so then, but then <laughs> but she, said that, she does say it at the beginning, to be fair. she At the very beginning, she's like, you won't see me for a long time. Yeah. And then she comes back but literally then, after a long time. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Then all the women get together on the screen. And again, it's only the women in the theater that are yelling, plus like three guys. And it was to me, it was such a juxtaposition between the both where it's like, this is important 100% and this needs to be done. And I think there, you have some of the most badass um, like heroes characters, that they're building yeah. and characters are, are becoming women, which I think is great. But it's still almost shocking to see that difference in the in how it drives excitement. Maybe because it doesn't have that 10 years of like love behind it. It's still pretty fresh. But it, it was just interesting for me to see that. Like it was like all the guys when it was like you know main storyline people and then when it came <laughs> to storyline people and then yeah. when it came to anybody else it was like oh this is clearly for you this is clearly for me instead of it being for everybody which i still think it's, they're trying I don't to know, work man. it's weird I, to me how I feel like, like it was still like I, I, here's the thing like we have we were probably not the people to be able to most appreciate that moment but like the representation that you see it like to see some of the most powerful people in the marvel universe be women characters that's impactful like whether you whether you whether we can appreciate it or not like I understand that, and I get what you're saying from like a from like a set piece convenience point, like the yeah. fact that they were all in the same area, fine. But then by that same logic, like there's a bunch of other coincidental moments: a rat walking across a van that happens to be the right van that <laughs> yeah, has yeah. Ant Man in it. Like there's I those be- moments where I'm you just, just gotta saying, be able I to spend that. I believe the Fortnite thing more than I believe that. Come on, man. But also, anyways, my point also, with that is, is like it was a great Captain Marvel is also just like I feel every time a Captain Marvel was on screen, I felt pandered to. Why? I mean. Captain, like, everything about her, like, just from, like, the outfit she wears at the end of the funeral, the way she cuts her hair, it all seemed like they scanned Tumblr for, like, what do people want to see Captain Marvel do? Like, if they went any deeper, she'd be wearing, like, a plaid shirt and at, like, a... Like a like a whole like a Whole Foods market with her girlfriend. They do and need, their dog. They need a lot of time to be able to develop Captain Marvel's character because what I was really hoping for is I didn't love Captain Marvel as a movie. I thought it was I thought it was okay. I thought it depended a little bit too much on um, on Nick and the free the the the, the secu- uh, the cast. Sorry, supporting cast. Um, and it just didn't it didn't really identify like who Captain Marvel was as a person. But like, you know that she's powerful. You know that she has all like, these abilities. This movie didn't really further that in any way. Like no. she's still you know who's she's... also powerful and really cool, Valkyrie. She is. She's great. And Valkyrie wasn't even the main character in her movie, but she is such a badass she... to the point like I just want to see more of her. Every scene that she's on, every I agree. every time she's on screen is great. Every time like Captain Marvel's on, I just feel like I'm supposed to like her, and I'm I'm not allowed to say I can't like her. No, it's not. It's not a likability. I just don't think that you've been given everything. Like uh, you're talking about a movie that is very dependent on the relationships that we've built with characters over the culmination of eleven years. You saw her first movie only a couple of months ago, and that movie didn't do a good job of explaining who she was as a character, which is why I felt disconnected from her in this movie, because I know that she's powerful, and I know that she's probably the most powerful being in the MCU right now. Apparently not. But she's got. Uh, she's got. Well, I mean, other than the Infinity Stone that was used yeah. against her, but. The movie, it was one of the few movies that doesn't have a foundational, um, like a, a great foundational setup for this movie. Every other character has had multiple movies to have the character fleshed out. We've seen an arc of some sort that has carried them on. Even Hulk, who hasn't had an independent movie, has still had arcs that have carried out throughout other people's movies. Captain Marvel didn't have that. Like she has, she had a moment to shine a couple months ago, and everybody knew that it was in the lead up for Endgame, anyways. And so her character really hasn't gotten to develop. I want to like her. I feel like through sequels and stuff like that, we'll probably start to appreciate her character a little bit more and understand what motivates her. Um, but in this movie, she kind of did feel like she was the trump card there. She was a pl- plot device, or else they would have probably been d- destroyed if they weren't able to take down that ship at the ending. Yeah. But she's able to come in and just demolish it, which mm-hmm. is essentially what she did at the end of her own movie, too. She took out a bunch of ships and yeah. destroyed a fleet, and then she was good, and then she peaced out, and then using, she didn't have a point after the power that. of Ska. Ska? Like Ska song. music? Yeah. Oh, okay. Music. Um, um, I thought... I thought um, oh, God, I forgot what I was going to say. Go back to what you were going to say, and maybe it'll come back to me. I was just. I, I was just, It was really sad to not see Black Widow. Like I, I, uh, I know. I know based on the way the movie goes and how she ha- makes that ultimate sacrifice and the character arc of her like feeling that the Avengers are her family and feeling like it's worth the sacrifice. The payoff is like it's undeniable. You have to do that. But it kind of sucked. Like if we were gonna have that scene where we're gonna have the all women charge, like that's gonna basically carry like the nuclear football. Like it may. It was kind of a bummer that. 
she Lock wasn't there for that scene because yeah. she's awesome, right? Yeah. Like, and she I really, really love well. that this movie did a good job with platonic relationships. Mm-hmm. That like, there's Black Widow, and like, she has relationships with like, she has this really close friendship with a man, and it's not a romantic relationship. They're friends, and I think like it's really hard in Hollywood and in general. When you see in fiction, like, whenever these two characters and one's a man and one's a woman, it's just like, will they, won't they? It's like, no, they're just friends. It's okay for guys and girls to be friends. And I love that that movie did that. They had this real close, intimate friendship. Yeah, I like that's that. A, that's an important step, I think, for, like, films. Even, I think, with Hulk, like, there's there's obviously, they allude to that a lot leading up to and after Age of Ultron mm-hmm. with, with her relationship with him, but... It well, does. that's a romantic relationship. It is, but yeah. I'm, my point is that she has a relationship with, you know, she had, there was almost like rumblings of it throughout the Winter Soldier, and you thought that maybe they might be building that toward with, with Captain America, and that didn't flush yeah. out. So Thank she God. she really was a strong character in yeah. that, like, that that there never is really a romantic relationship that really culminates in a, in a, in a satisfying way. Because even the Hulk one, as it was starting, as it was getting started in Age of Ultron, you never really get to see it again in another movie. The, the Hulk vanishes. Well, he you vanishes, look at, you yeah. look at uh, Scarlet Witch and the Vision. Like, they they fell in love. They loved each other. They moved away. They She fights out of this love. Like, there was, this, there was a story arc there about her love, so they gave her that. But Black Widow, I think, is supposed to represent that that sort of, in her name, is like the killer instinct. Like, yeah. it's me versus everyone. Like, I'm here for you. But at the end of the day, I'm this. I'm the spider that, like, I'm the person who makes those decisions. To it's. Kill. It, I think one of the great things is they take this incredibly beautiful actress and they give her this whole arc, and it's just like, here's the thing, she is completely viable as an object. Like, if you want to objectify her in a Hollywood movie, Scarlett, you will find very few actresses less like more viable than Scarlett Johansson with a voice so incredibly beautiful and soothing that she has a film wherein people wanted her to win an award strictly for just showing up in an audio sense. And they take this and they take this actress and they decide, no, you're bigger than this. And they gave her a whole arc, a whole storyline throughout all these movies where they actually develop her in a completely non-romantic, non-love interest point. Like point that all begins and ends with Iron Man two, and after that, it's I was gonna all say just... Iron Man two objectifies her a little bit in the beginning. Like she's the object of of, of Tony Stark's like flirtation, s- basically. Yeah. yeah, and that's the way that they kind of. I mean, she does have a very, very uh, like seminal moment in that where she takes down the entire mm-hmm. facility that she's going into yeah. while Happy's dealing with one person. Which yeah. really yeah. 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 Yeah, which, which is would great. be perfect if they didn't end it with the pepper spray. I feel like because I feel like that part is just a little too girly for her character. But yeah. in any case, like I love that they have this character and they make they literally make they make a decision that she is going to develop in a completely non sexualized, um, non romantic fashion. Yeah. Like that that's really meaningful to me. I get that like when we talk about like. Um, the development of female characters in Marvel movies, like Captain Marvel's popular, and she's going to get a lot of that. Um, maybe some of that's going to go to Okoye, who for some reason is incredibly popular with people. But like, it was kind of a, su- it was kind of felt kind of sucky that like she didn't get to be there for like the last moment. But ultimately, yeah. her arc is just it's worth so much. And I like that they have that moment at the end with uh, Vision, or sorry, with Wanda and uh, and Hawkeye, uh, both bonding over the fact that they both lost the people that meant the most to them, or meant the most to them in that. You know, they knew what was going on and they had to make an ultimate sacrifice. I think one thing that this movie also did really, really well is that it balanced it balanced who we lost versus who we didn't lose um, pretty well. Like, I find that, you know, major character death, but also two of the original Avengers die in this movie, yeah. which is pretty heavy. And then, uh, I mean, assuming Captain America dies of old age, there's a third death. So you really only have half of the Avengers really left over. I you really assume that. He looks pretty healthy. He God. does, not to say, yeah. but he's Old not going to. But he's not going to be in. He's not going to be Captain America in the capacity that we've seen him as Captain America in yeah, the previous that, movies, no. right? He can come back. It's going to be senior America. He can come back. I was going, but I mean, he has handed the mantle off to Falcon at the mm-hmm. end, right? So, yeah. and, and and something that I only noticed during this this uh, this second showing, his shield is actually modified. It looks um, like what. Uh, Cap, uh, Falcon is using in the actual uh, comic, comic books. books. They detailed it a little bit differently, which is I thought, I thought was a pretty cool effect as well. Yeah. Um, but I have my... a question, just quickly about Cap. Cap's conclusion. Sure. sure. So he goes back in time. Oh, here we go. The time paradox. 
So he goes back in time. Does he go? He goes back in time into our timeline, which we know we can't go back in our into our timeline. So does that mean the timeline in which he does go to? There's another Captain America that Peggy does actually know, and he's still frozen in ice. Yep. Eventually, in his timeline, that Cap gets out of the ice, or does he condemn his other self to death to stay in the ice forever? While he marries and lives on with Peggy. No, because the Captain America that's in the ice in that timeline still needs to go through the events of the Avengers to be able to establish the Cap that goes back and travels to Peggy to begin with. So it means that that has happened in our Captain America from the MCU, Mm -hmm. from the main timeline. He lived through that entire thing with Peggy and just watched on while the other Captain America was out there being Captain America. Or was presumably frozen already by that point in time. Like, we were reading about... So, here's the thing, like... And we could probably do a whole podcast on this. I don't want to spend too much time on this, because Shane and I, like, lightly discussed it, and it was already, like, a point of contention. Yeah, too much. But the time travel element of this movie, they explain it in places. Like, they talk about it. The Ancient One talks about it with Hulk. Well, they they set the boundaries, and then at the end, they break the boundaries. There's there's parts where they break it, yeah. I mean, but I don't, the Captain America part is not a plot hole. Like if you're reading, if you actually go through and read the logic of what's established early on in in uh, in the movie when Hulk talks about mm-hmm. the way that time travel occurs and the way that uh, the oh. way that the Ancient One and everybody else explains time travel in the movie, it makes sense. So like the the, the the Captain America piece at the end isn't actually a plot hole, but you do have to do some background on I why mean, it makes sense and and I it, mean. If it is a plot hole, I mean, I'm, I want to say, like, if it is a plot hole, it doesn't matter. Like, again, we've talked, like, if we want to start going in the nitty gritty, like, we're 22 movies too late. If we wanted to go in and, like, is this realistic? Well, let's start, <laughs> let's start with Iron Man 1. Yeah, part, like, I mean, part let's of start it... with the time jump and how civilization hasn't reestablished, like, the, what the five years of people being spirited away, all of the leftovers means, like, for society. Part of it, part of it has to be, you know, the, the movie Inception did a, semi poor job of semi good semi I don't really know how Inception did actually after all these years to be honest with you but it's a, it's that's one of those about movies within dreams it kind of no I know but it it you're it talking had, Interstellar no I'm talking about uh, uh, Inception there's moments where it established rules very explicitly and then breaks said rules very explicitly and doesn't really go back to explain why those are legitimate plot holes to me that makes sense as the plot hole this is I think unless you do the background to be able to understand why. The, how the quantum realm factors into this, that we can't look at it through the same filter of time travel as we do in other universes because the time stone is one way that you can manipulate time. The quantum realm is a different way that you can manipulate time. Like there's just so many different elements of time that have to do with this movie. You have to do, I think, some of the background work to maybe understand it, which you could point out as a flaw of the movie is like there's a suspension of disbelief as to how they're achieving all of this stuff when it has related to time travel, but in the same element, like you don't want to spend an already uh, long runtime uh, explaining the logic of all the things that are about to happen within that movie itself. So, I mean, you can hold it against it. You can call. You can say that there are plot holes in the movie, but again, well, there, there's a couple. There are plot holes. But there are, I mean, there's it, plot holes. It, it, in I don't movie. think it takes away from the value of. The it doesn't film. take away from the value. Of the movie. Avengers is not a like the Avengers Endgame is not a scientific expedition. It is a it's a study in character and that, development. And that's the point is that, is that if we're if we're applying the laws of like science to it, obviously it doesn't make sense. But time travel within itself, with within what they establish as the lore of the actual. Marvel Universe and how time works within that universe. Some of the stuff does make sense if you read up on it a little bit more. That makes it maybe a little bit more like, oh, okay, I get why that happened or I get why this doesn't um, go back on something that I thought maybe shouldn't have happened. I had this struggle as I left the theater today. I couldn't explain it to myself and I spent about 20 minutes reading about it on like a Verge article or something. Anyways, there is one <laughs> thing that did bother me. Thanos' motivation in this movie Thanos' motivation in the first movie kind of made sense to the point where people were somewhat making an argument mm-hmm. that, like, hey, he has a point. Other than the fact that, like, other people brought up, if resources are an issue, when you snap your fingers, why don't you just create more resources to then be able to to, to support right. the well, population of the universe? War. That's an Infinity War plot. That's an Infinity War issue. That's yeah. a, sorry, that's what I mean. Is it in, in Infinity War, that's his primary motivating factor. He achieves oh, it, I obviously. Oh, I though. Okay, so let me let me finish, and then I want to hear what you have to say yeah. about it. But in this movie, I, I kind of like that Steve almost empathizes with it to a certain extent when he talks about there being whales in the Hudson, and and uh, and uh, Black Widow says something to the effect of like, "Don't try to find the silver lining on in all of this." But there's that moment where Steve's like, "Oh, he kind of like 
planet is not in the worst place that it's ever been given everything that's happened. Um, but then in this, at the end of the movie, when he's trying to figure out what he's going to do this time when he snaps, his entire idea is that, okay, you guys didn't appreciate the fact that I was trying to be able to make life more balanced for everybody. Mm -hmm. So actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to destroy the universe and then start this shit all over again. Which, but... (laughs) Oh. Is that not just going to create the same thing to happen after millions of years? I Like, I don't understand how, how is, he, is it going to be controlled chaos? Like, what is Thanos' long-standing plan here? Or is it just a matter of power? Like, where he's like, oh, I, I want to be the, for both of this. I wanna be the both God that creates the universe. And everybody will be grateful that life exists the way that it does because I exist. But well, then, it was more like he suggested it was a clean slate because no one would know what happened prior in the, in the past which is fair but then what would you like that that now future that you're building you would assume that you would run into the same fundamental problems that drove him to want to snap half the population away in the current timeline yeah anyways, all right is the I way that you. i kind of thought about it so Paul, right, let's start go into first this. thing why does thanos half the universe instead of like just doubling resources is because is a simple economic question prosperity begets prosperity just because he doubles resources at some point like if somebody were to double like the money in your bank account right now yeah like eventually your wants and needs are going to double along with it your resources you're going to want to use them up but by that same logic would you not just be able to increase population over that period of time as well, if you just cut it in half, yeah, people are just going to fuck infinity, more because there's more space. But at this point, you know that if you cut if you cut it down to half, like you you know at least that like finite resources have now like doubled and made up for all the people there. Also, at the same point, this is a film. They do want him to be evil, so they're not going to like make him like turn like water into wine and shit like that. They want him to actually I have get, something. I get that, yeah. But from a simple economic standpoint, more resources means more things to resources. I mean, like when people, for example, when the economy is doing well, people have more kids. Sure. That's just like a, that's just flat like that's just flat truth as far as like. The economics of snapping your fingers and getting more resources goes. I guess that's why I'm curious, though, because you cut the population in half by that same logic. If you have more resources for the half population, then what's preventing the population from just repopulating? You trigger a depression and people rebuild from there. I mean, it's still, it's flawed. That's why he's a villain. That's why Tony Stark didn't half the population, but there you go. Um, And in the second, as far as the second is like, what are his motivations? This is a different Thanos. Right. He's not the same Thanos. He's a Thanos who's now seen his entire plan go through and... Thanos is almost like, and the Russo brothers refer to this, and when you talk, when you look at the commentary for Infinity War, Thanos in the first movie is like a holy warrior. He believes truly and wholly that his entire, like his crusade, is in fact like virtuous. That's right. When he gets, when he starts on like the on the quest to actually grab those, he like removes his armor because he's ready to die for this. This new Thanos isn't. This new Thanos is seen like. He feels justified. He feels indignant. He feels ups- he feels angry that the Avengers have like have gotten one over him at the end, and they unceremoniously chop off his head. Like he's pissed off about this, and he knows like no, I can go for so much more. I can not only wi- I can not only win this battle, but I can fucking remake the entire world in my image. Like he's arrogant. He's like he's angry and he's completely out of it. In I don't. Way the first time I don't get that in. sense from him though, because in that in that last scene where he's talking to the Avengers and he's explaining his exposition, he's just basically explaining his new plan because his old one didn't work. <laughs> Even when he's in the chamber with Nebula, he talks about it because they're like, "Oh, he cuts his head off." And Ebony Maw, I think, actually reacts a little bit more than Thanos does because Thanos is like, "That's destiny fulfilled. Like my head got cut off because I did." what I wanted, like, my ultimate goal was achieved. Also, the whole 2014 Thanos versus being a 2018 Thanos, like, he's already on the journey to collect the Infinity Stones. He knows what he's going to do with those Infinity Stones when he gets them. So to say that maybe his plan has changed because it's 2014, he's on his crusade already because knowing, he knows what he's going to do. Future, knowing the future will change it. Also, well, well, consider, clearly it did. Yeah, look but, at that so Raven. Yeah. Whoa. She could see into the future, and she thought life would be a dream. And every time she tried to change it, it blew up in her face. So I have one knowing last the future is a negative before thing. We talk about one Raven. quick thing though, because that same part at the end, he talks about having the knowledge of knowing what's going to happen, and he thanks the Avengers for teaching him that the universe is not going to be grateful when he snaps, so he's just going to tear it all down. I don't get a sense of anger from Thanos at any point in this movie. I actually think he's like he learns a lot within a very short time frame because he knows that what he ultimately plans to do with the infinity stones or what his original plan was fails. is not going to end up in the gra- in, in the way uh, it fails well he su- he succeeds in but, plan, but he doesn't get that humankind, second part yeah. humankind isn't thankful to him because what he's looking for is eternal gratitude 
for solving a longstanding issue with the universe or what he perceives to be a longstanding issue with the universe. It's the gratitude that's more important to him than anything else. So it's not solving the I issues think... with resources. It's about, I want you to thank me that I figured this out. And I think that that ties back to what, you know, the people on Titan did with him before, which is they didn't believe that that was the right path. So I think that there is a pride element to it as well. So yeah. I think that... Well, consider the fact that you you mentioned the gratitude and everything, but the gratitude is not a factor in the, in the second uh, in, sec, in the second Thanos' mind, right? The second Thanos doesn't care if everyone even remembers. He just cares about his ultimate victory and his own self-preservation. Yeah. There's also the element, like, I know you say you don't feel like he's angry, but he is spiteful. Like, in the first movie... I almost feel like you can sort of get and appreciate Thanos' viewpoint in there because the entire way he's like, he's very calmly explaining his plan to all of the Avengers. When he has that final fight with Stark, he even tells him, I hope they remember you as a hero. Um, he's he's constantly lauding him for his position on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh like he's even talking about how great the event, like how great like the Avengers have been as far as, far as like protecting like their world, um, and he all and he states and it's like one of his biggest lines in the movie that they've went over on trailers. It's not about joy. It's not about he's in, he's not. This is not personal. He's yeah. just doing it because he believes what he's doing is right. Right. In the second movie, he says he that flat it's out personal. says it in reverse. He says it. I hate you guys. Yeah. Like I want to do this. This is for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's more of a God like that's And that's where it is. It's, it's, I guess the logic of what drove him to do what he did in the first movie it changed. It changes. Yeah, it changes. But I, I still think that, you know, it, it probably is more of an ego thing or a God complex where he just wants the universe oh, that he think? creates <laughs> to be like just eternally grateful for the fact that he created a universe without actually thinking about any of the problems that will come from that, which just then counters the 2018 Thanos. It's a stupid thing, but I just thought about it. and I was like. Are you listening to yourself right now, Thanos? Like, I know that you've lost already, but think about what your primary motivation was, and now you're just basically also 2014 Thanos was a lot stronger than 2018 Thanos. Yeah, he was OP, dude. He had no stones, and he He took so much fucking lightning to the chest and still got up and broke Captain America's shield. Too much repeatedly. Well, that's one of those things. Like 2018, uh, 20 like 2018 Thanos was ready to die. 2018 Thanos sheds his armor at the start of the film. 2018 Thanos is not there to fight. 2018 Thanos is there to end the like to snap his fingers. He doesn't like he's snap ready. He's ready to die. 2014 yeah. Thanos is fighting but he does for self-preservation. Fuck Hulk up at the beginning, fighting without his armor on. Or oh, does he? No, he yeah. has his armor on. Well, because that's a, that's one of the opening scenes. Is you yeah. see his armor on the ground and everything. He takes it all off. Like 2018 Thanos is a different Thanos entirely. Because 2018 Thanos is ready to die. 2014 Thanos is like 2014 Thanos is different. Something has changed. When he sees what what becomes of him in 2018, 2014 Thanos Takes it up switches, uh, switches his mindset. Switches he becomes a more classic villain. Like, Josh Brolin's even said already, like, I played these characters very differently. Like, uh, he's more of a he's more of a cartoon character villain in, in like, Endgame than he is in Infinity well, he War. Wants, he wants destruction for the sake of, of pride rather than for an ultimate, like, Endgame Thanos is trying to beat the goal. Avengers. Yeah. Infinity War Thanos has had a plan for years. He's devoted his life to this. He's like, he's on a mission. That's true. And also, to be fair, right. Infinity War is also more of a Thanos story that goes into the psyche of Thanos a lot more, whereas he really is just a villain in this. Like, he gets very little screen time outside of just being like, I'm going to beat the shit out of it, or I'm just going to be mean to everybody. I'm going to be mean to Gamora. I'm going to be mean to Nebula. I'm going to punch everybody in the face repeatedly <laughs> in the last fight scene. I'm going to fuck some shit up. That, was a, that, that last scene was next level. Man. That last 40 minutes of that movie, so Spider-Man good. swung on a fucking horse <laughs> while holding the Infinity Gauntlet and trying to introduce himself to the person riding said Captain horse. He America was like, picked up Hi, the hammer. Yeah, I was just going to say, we've talked now for how long has this podcast been going it's on? It's been for? about 35 minutes, 40 minutes. And we have not addressed the fact that Captain America got Thor's hammer. Yeah. Captain America threw his fucking shield and Thor hit it with his lightning hammer to give it even more power. Like, it, the, the fight scene was amazing. Yeah. It was so good. Or was it Captain America who threw his shield Captain and Captain America hammer? threw his shield, threw Molinear at the shield to create a noise distraction so that he could then just beat the shit out of Thanos using the shield and the, and the hammer, which is great. I mean, but the regardless, like, it was... It was Oh, fantastic! I love yeah. Thor, man. I love Thor. Thor. Is such a I badass. fucking love Thor. He's yeah. gonna be. He, it seems like he's gonna be in the next Guardians of the Galaxy, I, which I, makes yeah, me very excited. As Guardians, as Guardians of, the of the Galaxy. I don't think it'll be called that, but yeah. 
Well, I can see them doing that. Well, yeah. it's, it's already called Volume Three. It's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. So, what do you guys? How do you guys feel about the Marvel Universe going forward now? I think they're gonna rely heavily on their TV shows for a while. I'm excited. I agree. I'm optimistic about it. I think it's it's interesting that we don't know anything. It's kind of it's nice oh, to we, we know shit. We know some stuff, but like to not see it confirmed, to not know what things are gonna look like without the Infinity Stones in this current reality, like. I'm I'm kind of curious the way that that's going to affect Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange's whole plight is to be able to defend the Time Stone, and now Doctor Strange two presumably is going to be a movie. Have a there's stone. no Time Stone. But yeah, there's dude, no Time there's... Stone. Oh, he. Because they all go back. Because yeah. in this oh, universe, yeah, the Eye of back, Agamotto yeah. is just the Time Stone. They all go back to where they get, came yeah. from. But that so means he does his... have it. Oh no, wait, no, he, he doesn't, doesn't have it. Have it. That's, that's 2023. Doctor Strange does not have it. He's still the master of the Mystic Arts. Twenty twelve Doctor Strange will have it yeah. in his reality. But present day twenty twenty three. And that doesn't change that doesn't change twenty twenty three Doctor Strange. Because no. those infinity stones are already been they've been uh they've been wiped out by Thanos, yeah. Yeah. I feel like after after this film were it not for far from home, I would feel like this might be the last Marvel movie I really, really, really care about for a while. Because I'm not really I'm not like Guardians of the Galaxy is nice, but like I could wait for Netflix, um, Disney Plus. Yeah, I could wait. I could wait for. Di- I could wait for Disney Plus. It it feels complete. Like it feels like we're at, we've actually seen something like through. an end. Who's like we don't know. I guess the next time that we reveal the next big bad is going to be a big thing, but it could be Galactus. four years Did before we see that. Kang? It's going to be Kang. I'm willing to put money like on this podcast Kang? right Kang would now. Make sense. Kang's Who's Kang? Kang the Conqueror. He basically is the king of time. In the Marvel Universe. Okay. And so after all this shit, like, I could really see, like, the next movies going forward are going to focus on, like, hey, remember that stuff that we did to beat Thanos? Yeah, we brought in Kang. Yeah, they could do something. Like, the Master of Time found out about all the fuckery that we came up with. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, like, looking at the next movies going forward, like, Spider-Man's the only one I really care about. All the other ones, like, I felt like I was supposed to care about. I'm excited, though, because I feel like the post-credit scenes now are going to build less toward characters that we already know, like, sequels that we already know are coming. Like, what's the post-game, or sorry, what's the post-credit scene of Far From Home going to be? Like, we we legitimately don't know. know. Yeah, there might not even be. It's it's hard. I I feel like there might be. Oh, they'll just tease their next Spider-Man movie. Maybe. But, like... Spider-Man will return in Spider-Man. Medium distance from home. (laughs) Medium distance. Back it, has home. Home. it has that home in it. I we, think we know that, that. Yeah, I think there's just like, for the longest time now with post-credit scenes, we expect what we already know is coming. Like we saw, you know, whatever we saw last before Captain Marvel. Oh, I mean, no, I think there was more mystery to them even like near the middle point of phase two. Like we didn't know Civil War was coming when when we got that scene in Age of Ultron. Which was... Which scene? What was the post-credit scene in Age in of Ultron? In Age of Ultron, it, you get uh, you see Winter Soldier and his arm pinned down, and hot and what's it called? Falcon comes in and says like, "Should we go to Tony about this?" And he says like, "Maybe last week, but not now." But we knew that Civil War was already coming out that fall. Not at year. that point. At Did that we? like their lead out Honestly, was still. I don't remember. That was Captain America three. We didn't know that Captain America three was going to be Civil War. That's fair. We didn't know that. So uh, like maybe the, the point where the lead out has maybe. been so completely clear. Has only been until the point where it's just like, by the way, the last Avengers movie is going to be in two parts, and we they they had to break. They've had like phase. a soft map, but we don't have a map at all right now. No, the map is gone. Yeah. All all we know is that like you're going to get a Black Panther two, you're going to get a Captain Marvel, but I don't want it. You're going to get it, and that's uh, just based off of financial success. Like, there's no way they don't make the Black Panther Strange two as well. Probably, yeah, I think you have so. to at this point. He's what is he? I think like, his character became really important in the Avengers movies. I'm, he's the one I'm most curious about because he's a pivotal character, but also, again, Time Stone's now no longer part of the reality. Well, how does he factor into everything? What's like, Benedict what is Cumberbatch's this? contract like, right? Because Benedict Cumberbatch is, well, I mean, that, that's the thing. He's a well, pretty busy guy. He keeps busy. Not to, not to be crass, not to be not crass, crass but Sherlock. Robert Downey Jr., like, the stars aligned for Robert Downey Jr. to be the guy in this role. His career was not in a good place when he picked up the role of like, hey, I want you to be a a genius inventor who gets caught in Afghanistan and gets turned and like becomes a superhero after that. Like, okay, sure. I'm like, I can't do Kiss Kiss Bang Bang 2. That's a good movie. So Benedict Cumberbatch (laughs) right now. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang 2? One. One is pretty good. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch is a star. Certifiable star. Yeah. And like, 
We know what's how, coming. How much sign? How, like, how signed off on this? How committed is he to like? Hey, are you ready to pick up the mantle and be the leader of the new Avengers? Like, I also think it's interesting that Mar- Marvel didn't want uh, Far From Home to be announced or teased before the end of Endgame. It was a Sony decision. Yeah. To to be able to put out Far From Home this year, they didn't want anything else out this year other than Endgame. So, that's also interesting that they really wanted this to be like take some time, breathe. It's been twenty two movies. It's been eleven years. Maybe give us a year. And then we can set out the roadmap for the future. It means something that this movie ends with nothing but the clanging of a hammer of on a hammer, iron. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, because it's bookended. Far From Home is happens before Endgame, right? Nope. It's after it's the events of Endgame? after the events oh, of Endgame. Oh, this is where the timeline gets crazy. So it's like... Really? I know I've, yeah. I've seen this story multiple times. Like I read a bunch, I've read an explainer on The Verge, on Polygon, and Slash confirmed? Film. Yeah. yeah. It takes place right after the events of like... I mean, they say Infinity War, but it was prior to Endgame being announced. So the the saga of in, the Infinity Saga will yeah. take place right after. Him and that. all his friends are f- they're five years younger than the timeline. Yeah, like for oh, a so, teenager. So you have to assume matters. you have to assume Ned was snapped away because he looks That's the same true. age. You have to assume that everyone Mer- snapped. We away. have no idea whether Aunt May was snapped away. So like uh, oh, something Aunt- I'm very curious about is in Far From Home has Aunt May not. Like, has she been alive and Peter not yeah. been around for yeah, five years? Yeah, yeah. What does that look like? Because she just got him back after five I think, years. I don't, I don't even think they can dabble in any of that. How do you guys feel about the fact that... I would like to... I would just even a line of just being like, hey, like, we missed you. Or like, oh my God, I can't believe you're back. Like, something like that. Obviously <laughs> not like that. I'm not a writer. the fact that, like, Peter Parker's secret identity is barely a secret in the MCU? Everyone frigging knows. Who doesn't know he's... Who knows that he's not... Um, anyone who maybe sort of kind of interacted with him over the par- over the course of these last two Avengers movies, Doctor Strange. Uh, I'm Peter Parker. Oh, I'm Doctor Strange. Yeah, oh, he's just doing a good job of hiding himself. Freaking Even Captain Marvel, he's just like, "Hi, I'm Peter Parker." Not Brie Larson Spider-Man. flies. <laughs> Brie Larson flies in. He's like, "I'm Peter Parker." Hi, Peter Parker. <laughs> he's just way too fucking enthusiastic. <laughs> Fucking Valkyrie. He's like if Gabby was a superhero. He'd be like, hi, I'm Gabby Sebastian. <laughs> Shit. I have a family. Shit. Don't kill him, please. <laughs> it's like, he's, like his names. These are photos. He's telling everybody. I wonder if this, I wonder if that'll be like a thing that plays into Far From Home as people finding out that he's Peter Parker. I mean, fuck, the Vulture knows he's, oh, shit, the Vulture knows he's Spider-Man. But, yeah, it's true. And God he's in jail with a bunch of other uh, the other funny thing, too, is that uh, we also may see Miles be closer to age of Peter now because of the five-year jump as well, assuming he wasn't snapped away. So can that play Wait into Spider-Man Do we as even well? know that Miles exists in the MCU, or do you really just want Miles to exist in the MCU? I would assume that he exists in the MCU. I think it'd be silly if they didn't have that somewhere, hiding somewhere. Yeah. Well, they teased they it. They did tease they it teased in it Homecoming. Donald Glover. Donald Glover talks about his nephew. it. Oh, yeah, his nephew, Miles. Yeah, uh, fuck you. Thanks, Gabby. Your boy Gambino. So we know he exists in the MCU. Yeah, there you we go. We do know he exists. There's Miles. Yeah. I got you, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a good scene, though. That was a great scene. There's the web on the car. So good. Yeah, Simba. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so I, I, I honestly think they're gonna rely heavily on the Falcon Winter Soldier series the most. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think That's WandaVision. I'm looking forward to that. WandaVision. I have so many questions about it. For starters, everyone keeps reporting this thing that uh, like Elizabeth Olsen said about it being set in the 1950s. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. First off, yeah. not an interesting t- period of time. No. It's like the 1950s. Like... Have they seen the first Avenger? <laughs> yes. You know Anything be... prior to the 50s was not. You know what would be cool? If if uh, Falcon and like Winter Soldier were like taking turns being Cap? Yeah. No, I don't want the Winter Soldier to do that. I want. I'd rather have Winter Soldier as Cap. <laughs> they alternate days? I think so. Like, no, I love he, Anthony Mackie. What, what if the whole story was like, I don't feel worthy to be, you know, Winter Soldier or that? Uh, or they do it like a divorce? I mean, if... if okay, just like, you if, take a Monday, Monday if through Sam Wilson's Wednesday. Not, if, if Sam Wilson's not worthy to be, like, the Winter Soldier, like... Bucky sure as fuck isn't. Like, the Winter Soldier. That, that, I'm sorry, not to be, to be Captain America. That TV, that TV show, is it after Infinity? After We don't know yet. Because like they're calling it Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? So we don't know if he's Cap yet, or if he's going to be Cap, or if the show is how he becomes Cap. You know what I mean? So, you would have to assume, because if, if, if uh, Winter Soldier was in Wakanda during the events of Black Panther... So and you, would, you would assume, you would assume it, would after. Be, it would be after. Yeah. Yeah, so it might be leading out like how he becomes Cap, yeah. how Bucky helps him become Cap, or you know what I mean. So I think that show will have. I would. I would a be really looking forward to seeing Anthony Mackie in like a big starring role because I know 
I know everyone felt really good about Black Panther, but truthfully, as far as representation goes, like Marvel's been pretty rough with like leading black men in Hollywood. And in Black Panther, they cast four of them and killed three of them. So I would be really happy to see like Anthony Mackie get a big starring role as like an awesome Captain America. Sam Wilson as Captain America in the comics was pretty awesome. I wonder if that's the the the, the... Like what they'll title it? Do they re- do just do they call it Captain America the again? TV do they call it Sam about? Wilson ta- Captain America? No, because I mean, if it's Falcon, you would have to assume that it's when he's still Falcon and he's now Cap, at least from what the end of the oh, movie. Oh man, is, if it's a, is it going to be like a serious buddy cop? That ah, I'm so excited. I hope for this. it's just a collection of scenes like what we saw in Civil War, where they're sitting in the back of the of the car. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, when they're in the airport, it's so good. Yeah, there's so much good banter Can between you push them. Push your chair war. up. No, nope. And then he just moves off to the side, or the both of them are nodding when uh, when uh, Cap finally kisses Agent Carter. Yeah, yeah, how fucked up is that right now? Given that he goes back in time, is <laughs> like, Peggy, yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm gonna be with you. That could have been his daughter. Whoa. No. No, no, it's not. That wasn't his. That's not her mom. That was a different timeline. You're right. right. That's, that's, that's not. That, <laughs> Paul's like, yeah, that's not make her sense. mom. Yeah. So Anyways, just pump for Game of Thrones, apparently. <laughs> so we don't. We do, oh god, it's a big battle tonight. Uh, so overall feelings, Endgame, great movie. Go see it. Um, Go see it. I, I'm I watching it, it again. Aside from the recency bias that we mentioned when we first started this, I really do think that it's one of the strongest MCU movies in its payoff. In the way that it's able to to um, really balance all of its characters and just pay off in so many different ways, it's emotional. It's you know it's really fulfilling. It's one of these endings that I feel like we don't get very often, where it hits all the right notes and every individual character has an arc that just comes to an end um, in w- in one way, shape, or form. Um, but yes, go check out Avengers Endgame, uh, and then we're gonna see what the Marvel Universe holds. Hopefully in at the Comic-Con. future, hopefully, hopefully at Comic Con, and hopefully after immediately after Far From Home, maybe we'll get a post credit scene yeah. that will tease the future. Because like the only real one we know of is Guardians Three. Yeah, Guardians Three and uh, and Black Panther Two and Black Doctor Panther Strange Two. Those are confirmed. Those are confirmed. There, uh, there's no way they don't make them. But they're not. I'm saying they're not confirmed yet. We know Guardians there's Three is of, happening. Yeah, there's rumors of Doctor Strange Two, but I don't think Black Panther Two has been formally announced. I yet. I don't think so. I no. think it has. Has it? Okay. I'm pretty well, sure. either no. which way, we kind of have an idea of what they're going to look like, uh, but we don't know no. what phase they'll be in. We don't know what order they'd be coming in. We don't know whether they're going to maybe be outside of the next phase, Phase Four, or whatever that might be. Um, but yeah. Go check out Avengers. It's still sold out for a majority of the week, so if you can find tickets, it is absolutely worth the hunt. Um, check us out on social media. You're going to check us out again on Thursday, hopefully, when we talk a little bit more about some super stuff. Um, at The Slice TO, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the regular places you can find us. Um, everybody have a great week, and enjoy the rest of the uh, NBA semifinals. I love you 3,000. I love you 3,000, Paul. It's been a slice. It's been a slice. It's been a slice.